the coronavirus. Yeah. And of course, all you could think about in this this lesson, you know, when it, it, you think about Miriam, you think about disease, and then you think of coronavirus, and um, it's in the news all over. And Pierre mentioned it in church um, Sunday as well. Um, big, big topic that everybody is talking about. In fact, my my husband came home today and said that the stock prices, I mean, the stock tank today because of the fears of the coronavirus. I didn't know because I didn't watch the news because I was working on this. But, <laughs> but that's what he told me. Um, so the coronavirus. COVID-19, mm -hmm. I think is the proper name for it. Um, it continues to spread around the world and it doesn't seem like the world um, is able to stop it right now. Um, many places like my school have changed their policies about cleaning. Um, people are encouraged to avoid close contact um, with others and not touch their face. The virus is changing how we interact with others. Um, I have been following this story um, since January, soon after Peter. Um, my husband came back from visiting his sick mother in China. <clears throat> it was really surreal at the beginning stages of the news on the coronavirus. Um, Peter's sister would um, talk to us on WeChat and talk about going to the hospital to visit um, Peter's mother who was still in the hospital even after Peter came back and um, there was nobody else on the bus. She was the only one on the bus going to the hospital to um, visit Peter's mother. Everyone was staying home. Peter had planned to go to China um, during Chinese New Year, which this year fell on January 25th. Um, but because of his, his mother had become gravely ill with a sepsis infection, um, he went to China in mid-December instead. Soon after he left Chengdu, um, which is the city where his family lives on December 28th, the city of Wuhan, which is a distance away from, it used to be a two-day train ride, but now you can probably get there in four, six hours um, by bullet train. Um, the city of Wuhan was put under lockdown and um, before long, the people around China were told to stay at home. Even in Chengdu, they were told to stay at home. And they started to take a record of when people left and when people came back. In fact, my one friend in China sent a picture of a chained apartment building. Um, the, the doors in the front were chained because the the landowner of the building did not want to sit and take a record of people that came and went. So he just 
chain the doors. So if there had been a fire in that apartment building, it would have been quite dangerous. So things um, are um, changing a lot, trying to contain this disease. Um, it was a very different Chinese New Year. Um, as the disease spread and many unknowns uh, caused panic and brought out the best and the worst in people. Um, news came out of China that the church there was reaching out to those that were panicked with masks and sharing the gospel. Pastors were caring for their isolated church members because they couldn't meet together um, by having online church services and also counseling them online. Some of um, some, like my friend in Beijing, um, he has this this wonderful garden. I, I don't know how he uses a greenhouse. I don't know because um, he's on the first floor apartment. Anyways, he grows vegetables. So he used his produce and would take his produce and um, he sent a picture of a, he had a bag of rice too and he was taking it to people that could not get to the market. Um, in fact, that's why he saw this apartment building that was chained because he was trying to deliver veg vegetables in that apartment. Um, in the news, it, was, it became difficult to discern truth from misinformation, propaganda, politicalization of a crisis. With the panic, the hoarding of the supplies began, even though we were told um, that masks were needed for people who were sick and health workers, and that washing our hands and the surface, surfaces was the best defense against the disease. Supplies continued to fly off the shelves as we've found in trying to find masks for Misty and um, Joel to use in Japan. Um, soon we heard that uh, we heard of price gouging for supplies like masks and hand sanitizers. In Seattle, my coworker's daughter um, told, uh, told us about. Uh, well, told her about um, the fights in the store over hand sanitizer. My my son Daniel also lives in Seattle. Um, what should a Christian's response to a crisis be? be? Not fear, not hoarding, not spreading rumors. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or fear, but of power and love and discipline. In our lesson today, we will learn that God has redeemed us to do good works, which is in Ephesians 2.10. God's people should react to a crisis or to those in need with the same grace that we have received. We will look at two commandments um, expanded in our text today. The eighth commandment, thou shalt not steal. 
and the ninth commandment, thou shalt not bear false witness. Both commandments have been broken during this coronavirus panic. But we who have been redeemed need to follow our Savior's example of caring for the sick, the broken, the needy around us. Like Kelly's lesson last week, this lesson also covers um, many seemingly unrelated rules. Um, but like last week, a pattern emerges as we look at repeated phrases in the text. Like last week, we see the phrase purge evil in verse 7. But we also see the word remember used three times in the text. Verse 9, verse 18, and verse 22. The collection of laws in our text are all related to various aspects of social life. In adding up the text, uh, I'm sorry, in dividing up the text into a structure, Pastor Jeff saw verse 5, and I've already told you that when I was reading. Um, verse 5 should be added to the text because um, though it has things that are common with the first part of the chapter, the first section in the chapter on divorce and remarriage, it flows better with our text as it begins with when a man, and you see that throughout the text, when something happens, um, and deals with the blessings in the land, so it was added to our text in this lesson. So... The theme is redeemed people in gratitude for our redemption. Redeemed people in gratitude reflect the, lo the love of their Redeemer. The key verse is Deuteronomy 24, 18. But you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt and that the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I am commanding you to do this thing. Our first point to remember is, remember God judged rebellion and we're to protect the community. That's in 24, five through nine. This section is the extension of the Eighth Commandment, don't steal. Don't steal the blessings God has given you in the land. And that was one of the reasons why verse 5 was, was added to this um, section. Because this is a blessing. Protect marriage. It is a blessing from God. Deuteronomy 24, 5 says, When a man takes a new wife, he shall not go out with the army, nor be charged with any duty, he shall be free at home one year and shall give happiness to his wife whom he has taken. Notice that happiness in marriage and beginning a family are more important than serf, um, serving in the military. Happiness 
blessings are to be enjoyed in the land, and these blessings are to be protected. This was a recognition that the place of marriage and the home, uh, the, this was a recognition of the place of marriage and the home in the structure of society. Earlier in chapter 20, um, verse 5 through 8, the exemption was given from army service to a betrothed man. Now it is specified, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll say that word, um, that a newly married man is given relief from any um, form of military service or other public duties for one year. This strengthens marriage and home and helps the morale of the army. Because um, in twenty in chapter twenty it also states that a married a newly married man um, won't have it in his heart to fight, and so that harms the morale of the army as well. In Proverbs we're told, "Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth." In Proverbs five eighteen. The next blessing that's to be protected is the blessing of daily sustenance, daily food. No one shall take a hand mill or upper millstone in pledge, for he would be taking a life in the pledge. That's um, Deuteronomy 24, 6. In an earlier passage in um, 23.19, a man is forbidden to lend with interest to a fellow Israelite. He could loan to his fellow Israelite, however, in order to help, in order to help him in distress, provided he did not charge interest. The person receiving the loan would provide some collateral to the lender. The lender is prohibit, prohibited from um, taking in pledge a millstone or upper, upper millstone. Now, when I think of millstone, I think of the, uh, the thing, the machine that, uh, the stone that used to make tofu in China. It, it also has a stone above and a stone below. And you um, grind the beans into tofu tofu um, and this is the same with the millstone you have um, a stationary stone and then the hand um, stone the hand mill is what you use to roll over the the grain the wheat to make the flour that and they would do this every day they would um, grind the the um, grains to make the flour to make the bread for the family so to take a millstone or just the upper millstone because if you took the upper millstone the bottom part of the millstone wouldn't be worth anything because you needed to be able to smash the the grain um, would be a real hardship for a family because that's how they made bread to eat every day. Give us this day our daily bread. It would 
also go against the spirit of generosity of the lender um, rather than helping the lender who was supposed to be helping his fellow Israelite who is in distress would be making the situation worse by taking away the means of his livelihood or his daily sustenance. Our actions should ease the stress of those that are in distress and not create more stress. And the next, the next um, blessing that they have from the land, now there are, they are a people of a land and they are a free people. They are not in Egypt. They are not in slavery. They need to protect that freedom. Verse 7, if a man is caught kidnapping any of his countrymen in the, um, of the sons of Israel, and he deals with him violently or sells him, then that thief shall die. So you shall purge evil from among you. Kidnapping stealing a life and this in this case not that kidnapping for ransom is a good thing but this was even worse than the kidnapping we often hear about um, now is for a ransom but this is even worse than that they're not asking for money they are taking someone and then using them some commentators stated that that this um, might even relate to uh, the verse above that talked about taking the millstone as a pledge because maybe they went into the home and they saw there's nothing there to take as a pledge and they took one of the children, um, a son or a daughter, as a pledge. Um, I don't know, this is uh, what one of the commentaries said. Though the victim doesn't die, he is denied dignity and freedom and is sold into slavery, and thus he's, he's cut off from the covenant family of God. The penalty for this crime is severe. It's death. Because he is in essence um, taken away the life of the person that he has sold into slavery. So he deserves to die. To cut off a man from the covenant community was to cut him off from sharing in the blessing of God for his people in the promised land. This evil must be purged. And that's where we see that again, the purging of evil from the land. In Timothy um, 1.9, it says, realizing that the law, uh, realizing the fact that law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious. And then in um, 1 Timothy 1.10, it lists the different kinds of rebellion, and kidnapping is one of them. Though the shut-ins in our church are not kidnapped, 
they might sometimes feel cut off from the community of believers. And it was so good yesterday to hear uh, Matt Lohe talk on visiting the shut-ins in our church. If the coronavirus continues to spread unchecked like it has been doing, we will need to think of creative ways to reach out, like the church in China, reach out to those um, who are cut off from community because of quarantine. Another um, thing to protect and um, as a blessing from the land was protecting health, which went right to the coronavirus. <laughs> protecting health and worship. In verse 8, it says, Be careful against an infection of leprosy that you are that you diligently observe and do according to all that the Levitical priests teach you. As I have commanded them, so you shall care, be careful to do. When we fail to submit to those God has chosen to lead, we are stealing or usurping their authority. Here the people are commanded to be careful against an infection of leprosy that you diligently observe and do according to all that the Levitical priests teach you. In Leviticus 13 through 14, there is a detailed instruction. I think the question sent you there. Um, detailed instruction um, regar regarding leprosy. Here the command is given to follow the instructions of the priests submit to their authority. The role of priests um, acting as a public health official um, was to distinguish between the benign conditions um, and the form of leprosy that we know today as the Hansen's disease. God would also later, um, like he judged Miriam, he would later judge King Yusa um, of Judah with leprosy for usurping priestly functions, and that's found in 2 Chronicles 26, 21, um, where he thought he could go in um, and do what the priests do, and the priests stood up against him and said, no, this is not for you to do. He was a, a king that did right in the sight of God, and yet he didn't submit um, to the priest. As a member of the church community, we need to submit to the authority of our elders when they discipline us. Just two weeks ago, I think it was, Pastor Jeff talked about that. We don't want to find ourselves outside the church community because of our own rebellion. So they are charged to remember Miriam. Um, Moses' sister Miriam is used as an example of failing to submit 
to Moses' authority. She thought she could also hear the voice of God as well. And here God um, vindicates Moses publicly to Miriam and, and Aaron. And Miriam is judged with leprosy. The next section we're going to look at is to remember that you are a redeemed people. Your debt was paid. 24, um, Deuteronomy 24, 10 through 18. This section is an expanding of the ninth commandment. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Now, when you, when you, think of thou shalt not lie you usually don't think of the the things that are given in this but it's an expansion on it because this commandment was to make you think and act fairly towards the possessions and dignity of others the concern here um, was related to justice impartiality and false witness so, the first thing was showing respect to a borrower in um, Deuteronomy 10 and 11. In the previous section, we also saw a pledge, um, and they were not to take something essential, that, that millstone. Here, the emphasis is on showing the respect to a borrower. The man lending the money could not go inside the house of the borrower, but had to wait outside. This protects the privacy of the borrower and gives the borrower the choice of what he wants to give as a collateral for a loan. In other words, the person might go inside and say, I want that as a collateral. He was not, um, he was not supposed to do that. Um, he was... Uh, supposed to respect the borrower and stand outside. The other, the next point was showing compassion to a borrower, and that's found in Deuteronomy twenty-four twelve through thirteen, and also in seventeen. In the case of a poor man, um, he would only have his garments to give as a pledge. The garment here, it's not like he would be naked and, and, and not have any clothing on. The garment here is the outer part that um, is like a cloak during the day over the inner. In, in China, they have outer and inner clothing. This is extra. <laughs> and, and, and my, my mother-in-law, when we were first married, showed me to wash the inner Clothing in one basin and the outer clothing in the that's extra. But anyways, <laughs> but this is the outer clothing, the 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 um, cloak that goes over the clothing that's used by day as a cloak, and then by night it was used as a blanket to cover you. The creditor was not to use the cloak at night and deprive the borrower of his own protection against the cold of the evening. 
This compassion for the poor would cause the poor man to react with gratitude and result in the blessing um, to the creditor, whose generosity you see is also seen by God as right, as righteousness. From Amos, we see that, that people didn't heed what Moses said here. Um, they publicly used a pledge without thought of the poor that had given them the pledge. In Amos 2.8, we read, <coughs> On garments um, taken as pledges, they stretched out beside every altar. In the house of their God, they drank the wine of those that, who had been fined. So in Israel's history, they didn't um, show compassion, and God, God called them out for it through the prophets. Let us be a people who are known for our compassion to the poor. The next um, thing that we should show fairness um, for is showing fairness to a worker. No worker should be oppressed, but his wages should be given before the sun sets. It was fundamental to Israel's understanding of the covenant family that he who delivered Israel from Egypt... And this is what they need to remember. He who delivered Israel from Egypt had a special concern for the underprivileged. James 5.4 says, Behold, the pay of the laborer who mowed your fields and which has and which has been withheld by you, cries out against you. The outcry of those who did the harvesting has reached the ear, ears of the Lord of Sabbath. Sabbath. <laughs> Remember, in Egypt, it was God who heard the cries of his people in their distress when they were slaves in Egypt. And now God is hearing the cries of the workers that they are oppressing. It was God who initiated our rescue. We were dead in our sins. He has freed us from the chains of sin and given us new life. We need to remember our rescue and show and share compassionately the gospel to the world who was enslaved to sin and panicked with the coronavirus. Show justice uh, to one who owes sin's debt. Fathers shall not be put to death for their sons, nor sons be put to death for their fathers. Everyone shall be put to death for his own sin. Normal criminal law in the Old Testament did not permit penal substitution 
for capital offenses. Parents couldn't be punished for the sins of their children. Children couldn't be punished for the sins of their parents. Individuals were to pay for their own sins. But this normal criminal law was not um, the operative principle in other areas of the Old Testament that we have seen in Deuteronomy. For example, devotion to destruction in Deuteronomy 7, 2, 13, 15, 20, 17, that allowed for the death of children based on the sins of their parents. A specific example of this was um, in the Israelite camp when Achan's family um, Achan's entire family was put to death because of Achan's sin. His family was devoted to destruction because he stole from what was devoted to destruction. So it's a different situation there um, than just normal criminal law. Here, the one stands for the many and the many for the one. In the ancient world, family units, people groups, and even whole um, nations were viewed as one collective identity and fate. Though in this passage, um, an individual must pay the price of their own sin. Um, there, there's also cases where the whole group must pay. When normal criminal law did not permit, uh, while normal criminal law did not permit penal substitution, we as believers have been reconciled to the Father through the penal substitution of Christ, who died on the cross uh, to pay the penalty for our sin. Now, there's the verse that um, I think Kelly pointed out last week is Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. By the same principle of corporate solidarity the, as a group um, in in which one stands for the many and the many for one, Christ represented, rep, represents his people. In Hebrews 7.27 we read, he who um, didn't who did not, Jesus, who did not need daily, like the, the high priest, to offer up sacrifices first for his own sin and then for the sins of the people because he did this once for all when he offered up himself. His fate was theirs. His followers died with him. They were buried with him. They were raised with him. Romans 6, um, 3 through 4 says, Or did 
do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead um, through the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. They were no longer identified with a group of Adam, but they were identified with Christ, in Christ instead of in Adam. In 1 Corinthians 15, 22 through, uh, 20, 20 through 22, um, it says, but now Christ has been raised from the dead and the first fruits of those who are asleep for since by one for for since by man came death by a man also came the resurrection from the dead for as in adam all die so also in christ all will be made alive so we need to remember that we are redeemed verse 18 once again, the reason given for uh, such a concern for the weak and the defenseless in Israel was a defenseless slave uh, was being a def defenseless slave in Egypt. What a glorious redemption is ours! How much more should we be the first in line to help the most vulnerable? Now, the next section is um, God's rescue. Remember God's rescue and be merciful. And in here we see a prohibition against hoarding that we have seen a lot in recent days. We see a pro prohibition of hoarding. Of course, there's also other kinds of hoarding like too many clothes or too many this or too many that. Um, I just gave three bags of clothes and I probably have more than three bags to give. So there's other kinds of hoarding besides face masks. But um, <laughs> but there's a prohibition against hoarding. Blessings in the land are for all people to share. This principle, um, this is a principle behind Ruth's gleaning in the field of Boaz. All would enjoy the blessing, the blessing of the wheat that um, you weren't supposed to cut to the corners, the blessing of the olives that you weren't supposed to go back and reshake, the blessing of the grapes that you weren't supposed to go back and um, regather. Those who were children at the time of the Exodus and who were now 40 years older would remember the days of slavery, maybe vaguely, but they would remember them. But while the injunction um, here had a special significance to these people that were right on the edge of going into the promised land, it must be remembered that 
Israel in every age, even today as they're preparing now for the Passover, um, they were, they're called to identify themselves in vivid imagination with their forefathers and to experience in that their redemption. So it was not just for those that were standing on the edge going into the promised land, but even today they put themselves into their forefathers' experience of redemption. We too must look back at our redemption from the slavery of sin and identify with our Redeemer's death, burial, and resurrection so that we can enjoy our new life in him and bring hope to a world that's panicked with different crises or um, having different needs to bring hope. Like the, the song, I love this song that we sang, In Christ Alone My Hope Is Found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm, what depths, what heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are stilled and striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. Because we stand in Christ's love, we are able to give to those who are in need, who are not, who are facing life's trials with fear, and give them the peace that they can only have through Christ.